Wow, it's good to be in the house of God. If you would, if you would turn to the book of Daniel, the book of Daniel, uh, chapter 3, the book of Daniel, chapter 3, uh, verses 12 through 23. I'm going to be reading from the NIV version, Daniel chapter 3, uh, verses 12 through 13 in the NIV version. And it reads, but there were some Jews whom you have set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who pay no attention to you, your majesty. They neither serve your gods nor worship the image of gold that you have set up. Furious with rage, Nebuchadnezzar summoned Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So these men were brought before the king, and Nebuchadnezzar said to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the image of gold I have set up? Now when you hear the sound of the horn, the flute, the zither, the lyre, the harp, the pipe, and all kinds of music, if you are ready to fall down and worship the image I made, very good. But if you do not worship it, you will be thrown immediately into a blazing furnace. Then that God, then what God, will be able to rescue you from my hand? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to him, King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the Lord we serve is able to deliver us from it. <clears throat> and he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. But even if he does not, come on somebody. I'm going to see that one. But even if he does not, we want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold and that you have set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar was furious with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I ain't never heard nobody call it by the name this many times. They ain't say he, she, or nothing. They want me to read all these names every time. And his attitude toward them changed. He ordered the furnace heated seven times hotter than usual and commanded some of the strongest soldiers in his army to tie up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, <laughs> and throw them into a blazing furnace. So these men, wearing their robes, trousers, turbans, and other clothes, were bound and thrown into the blazing furnace. The king's command was so urgent that the furnace uh, was hot and that the flames of the fire killed the soldiers who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men, firmly tied, fell into the blazing furnace. Lord, please bring a word for your people in the name of Jesus. Help me, Lord, to rightly divide the word of truth. Speak truth to power. Convict us, yet not condemn us. Stretch us, but not tear us apart. Uplift us, but not take us into a place of arrogance. But we humbly begin to listen and digest your word. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. I want to speak to you from the subject, stand through the crossroads. Stand through the crossroads. The greatest joy that you will have is the day you find something that you are totally committed to. Commitment, in my opinion, is a gift from God that brings you <clears throat> a joy that passes all understanding. 
When you are committed, you do not worry about the crowd. When you are committed, maintaining peace by selling out to the status quo does not cross your mind. When obstacles come, you welcome them as challenges to further develop and refine your vision and not as setbacks. You view your stumbling blocks as stepping stones. And you view your enemies as sandpaper that help to buffet and polish your character. However, commitment is a lonely place. It is a place where most often people do not understand you, and oftentimes you have to stand alone. It is human to stand with the crowd. It is divine to stand alone. Paul writes in 2 Timothy 4.16, No one supported me, but all deserted me. Paul was writing as a battle-scarred, lonely visionary. Mm. King Nebuchadnezzar, the ruler of Babylon, has taken Israel captive and selected the best men to serve in his courts. We know Daniel best, but today we're going to talk about his three homies. Nebuchadnezzar built an idol, a golden idol, instructed the people that uh, uh, the sound of the music were to bow down and worship this idol. It seemed that everybody was cooperating, but the Chaldeans came to the king with some breaking news some snitches. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Them folk that always trying to bring your name up at somebody's house. Daniel 3.12 says, there are certain Jews whom you appointed over the administration of the province of Babylon named Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You gave them the job I wanted. They ain't in there, but I'm just giving you my exegetical. These men, O king, have discarded you. They do not serve your gods or worship the golden image which you set up. People react in several ways to people that are committed. The first response to commitment is the people take notice of your commitment. These three men stood out. Daniel 3.13 says that Nebuchadnezzar, in rage and anger, (coughs) gave orders to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. uh, Then these men were brought before the king. The second thing that happened is that people would get annoyed with your commitment. Oh, people get mad when you're committed. Even when you ain't talking to them, they get mad. Oh, she thinks she all that. Because she made it through that the last time. She ain't going to make it the next time. Oh, they looking at you, girl. You need to know that. Nebuchadnezzar was downright mad. He flew into a rage. He couldn't handle somebody who didn't think the way he thought, believe the way he believed, or walk the way he walked. In verse 14, Nebuchadnezzar responded and said to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the golden image that I have set up? The third thing that would happen is that people will question your commitment. Nebuchadnezzar had to step back and gather himself. He couldn't believe these guys had such strong backbones. Nebuchadnezzar then said he would give them another chance to bow down. Yeah, yeah. 15, verse 15 says, but if you do not worship, you will immediately be cast into the midst of a furnace of blazing fire. And what God is there who can deliver you out of my hand? The fourth reaction is that they will test your commitment. Mm-hmm. They're going to test you. You do know that, right? Yeah. They're going to test you. Yeah. 
I'm sure they began uh, to second guess themselves and their minds and wondered, can God deliver us from this? Will God deliver us from this? Should I have made a different decision? When you are committed, that doesn't mean that you never have doubts and butterflies in your stomach. However, when we come to the crossroads of our commitment, the strength of our commitment must prove itself. The choice won't be easy because it is all or nothing. Our lifestyle, our identity, our popularity, our friendships are all at stake. It will not be a decision, come on somebody, that we can take lightly. See, see, the first, let me get, get some characteristics of the crossroad though. See, see, when you come to the crossroad, the first characteristic of the crossroad is commitment. When, are, when you are at a crossroad decision, people can pray for you, advise you, support you, but at the end of the day, the decision is yours and yours alone. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego stood together, but each had to make his own decision. Somebody could have broke the line. Somebody, one of them could have said, I'm not going. One of them could have said, no, man, let's go on and bow down. Forget the pride. Let's sit down. Let's bow down. A second characteristic of the crossroad of commitment is that it, it, it will always cost something. There is no such thing as free commitment. In this situation, these Hebrew men could have lost their lives. Most of our decisions are not that expensive, but in the end, it will cost us something. <clears throat> it may cost a friendship. It may cost a job. It may cost a popularity poll, but it will not be free. If it were free, it, it, it would be worth nothing, and everyone would be successful and do great things for God because you would be able to hit the easy button like the Staples commercial. Huh? A third thing that will happen is that others will be influenced by it. When you make a major decision, believe me, people will take notice and it will influence them. We may make a decision alone and may walk the commitment alone, but we never make an important commitment that does not affect other people. Ask Colorado. I just had to throw that out there. I just had to throw it out there. I just had to throw it out there. 510 yards from somebody that came from an HBCU when they try to act like there ain't no competition. Do they realize the NFL is mostly black? Moving right along to my real sermon. Fourth. Just had to throw it out there, man. 510 yards, son. Y'all don't know what I'm talking about. Go watch Colorado game. I don't even like Colorado. I like them now because Dia in there. So it's cool. You know what I'm saying? But anyway. Did that say that? But but you, you think people ain't taking notes. Remember when he started coaching the HBCU? And people started laughing. Then now the other NFL people try to go coach HBCUs. Now, now, now other people are gonna try to go coach, you know what I'm saying? And, and people are gonna begin to take chances on, on ex-football players or, or basketball players because sometimes they think they ignorant because they look like some of y'all. I'm, I'm sorry, I, they get, I'm, let me go on. Number four. <laughs> It is the place where God reveals himself to us. Nebuchadnezzar asked the men, what God there <laughs> is there who can deliver you out of my hand? Even the world realized that our commitments are valid only because God intervened. What God going to do this? Yo, God, come on, let's see what he going to do this time. 
See, see, but our concept of God in crisis situation will determine our commitment. If we think God will fail us, flee, or be fickle, we'll never make strong commitments. We would be foolish to commit ourselves to someone who is irresponsible. But if our concept of God tells us he's true, sure, steadfast, and faithful, then we can be confident and make even the most difficult commitments. I don't care how many people come against me when I make a decision. It doesn't matter because I know when I'm standing on the word of God, it's going to come to fruition. I didn't care how many people laughed at us to say, why in the world are they trying to get this big church? They're coming from a church that almost looked like somebody's house. And how they going to come get a big old building with 46,000 plus square feet? I didn't care how many people idle chatting around Newport News. I didn't care how many people talked about us around Hampton Road because I knew what God had told me and he didn't have to tell them anything. You better stop letting people come tell you what thus says the Lord about your life. You don't know what God said about my life. I hate when people call me. I don't even know trying to prophesy to me and tell me what God telling them about my life. Won't you listen to God about yourself? Me and God got our own personal relationship. He said he walks with me and he talks with me and he says I'm his own. I don't need a prophet to come tell me what God has already told me to myself. Now I'm not negating prophet because I know every now and then I give you a prophetic word myself but if it does not line up with what God is already telling you tell me to go sit down. Stop letting people tell you what you can and can't do. Stop letting people talk you out of doing big things. When I was doing, when I first became a broker I was in class. I was the youngest one there and the blackest one too. <laughs> and they said, why are you doing it so early? You too young to do this. And I'm like, why are you doing it so late? Don't tell me, don't you try to limit me because my God is boundless. My God said he'll do exceedingly, abundantly, above whatever I can ask, think, or imagine according to the power that works in me. My God is an abundant God. He don't deal with little stuff. Y'all don't hear me. Oh, somebody had to hear that. Ah. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were able to make the right kind of commitment because they had the right concept of God. Uh, they said, oh, Nebuchadnezzar, we don't need to give you an answer concerning this matter. We don't even need to give you this. If it be so, our God, whom we serve, <clears throat> is able to deliver us from the furnace of blazing fire, and he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. Their first concept of God was he's able. They went on to say, but even if he does not, that's a soldier right there. Come on, somebody. But even if he does not, let it be known to you, O king, that we are not going to serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. They understood that God expects us to do the right thing regardless of consequences. If we believe God will be with us and expects us to do the right regardless, that will always encourage us to make the right commitments. It don't matter if I risk my job. I'm not doing anything unethical. It doesn't matter if people don't agree with me. We're going to move because God said move. 
Come on, somebody. Come on, I can't talk to some pastor. Some of us are stuck in places where we know God has told us to move, but you're so worried about your members. You're so worried about your trustees. You're so worried about your deacons. You're so worried about the people around you that have an opinion of what God is saying. You got to do what God tells you to do because you're going to end up being like, 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 like Saul. He said, and God said, why didn't you do it? But he said, because the people told me not to do it. And God said, hold on, you telling me you're going to listen to the people and not me? Can I talk to somebody for a minute? Stop trying to listen to the crowd all the time. The Elijah did not hear God in the thunder. Elijah did not hear God in the earthquake. Elijah did not hear the God in the great big wind. He heard God in a still, small voice talking to him, whispering in his ear by himself. You got to get by yourself and stop listening to everybody around you. Once you hear God, then you can bring people into vision, but you can't talk to everybody in the embryonic stages of when God is speaking to you. Hey, it was funny. If, let me just read this. I got to read this 19 through 23 in Daniel 3. Then Nebuchadnezzar was furious with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And his attitude toward them changed. He ordered the furnace heated seven times hotter than usual and commanded some of the strongest soldiers in his army to tie up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, throw them into the blazing furnace. So these men wearing their robes, this is what I love about this writer right here. You know how they be giving them unnecessary things and the water was glistening off the leaves and the sun was hitting the morsel of popcorn that sat on the side of the porch. You like, just let me read this book. I'm read, I, I read slow already. But, but this right here is so necessary if you really listen to the detail. It says, so these men, first of all, the soldiers taking them up there died, right? So these men wearing <clears throat> their robes, trousers, turbans, and other clothes were bound and thrown into the blazing furnace. I believe the writer is writing to let you know their clothes didn't even catch on fire. It didn't even smell like smoke. That should have caught on fire. The soldiers just died on the way up there. But these people wearing their trousers, their turbans, their long hair, they chilling in the fire. Even their clothes are being burned. It's some things that you can walk through that other people die going close to. But because you have the favor of God on your life. You can walk through the fire and not be burned. You can walk through the water and they won't overtake you. You can walk through the serpent and they won't kill you because God has favor on your life. The strongest soldier didn't even make it all the way in the furnace, yet they walking in the furnace like nothing is wrong with their tie on and their suit on and their Gucci shoes. They walking in the fire. They don't even smell like smoke. The king, the flames of the fire killed the soldier that took him up. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, the three men firmly tied, fell into the blazing furnace. The first result of our commitment is that we will be tried. Bank on it. When we stand for God, we're going to be tested. Nebuchadnezzar looked in the furnace and asked, 
Hold on, was it not three men? We cast bound into the fire, for he saw in the furnace four men loose and walking about in the midst of the fire like white folk trying to get a tan on the beach. What? They walking in it. You know, come on, somebody. They chilling in the fire. They, 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 they walk in it. Hold on. Hold on. I, I see four. And they without harm. And the appearance of the fourth is like the son of the gods. He called for the three Hebrew men to come out. Come on, somebody. There's some situation that you walk in that you don't walk in by yourself. God will put angels around you and protect you, and you don't even know they're right there. But sometimes your enemy can see it. I'm not even sure that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego even saw those men. Ooh. Oh, Shandai, my bullshit. Hold on. Uh, something ain't right. I put three in there, but four in there. And what's so wild is it seemed like you would be shocked that they still living. But this, this being must have been so powerful. I, I don't even think it was an angel. I, I believe Jesus himself stepped in the midst of it because he was crucified before the foundation of the world. See, we look at linear time and space. Our God is interstellar. He sees past, future, and, and, and present all at the same time. So he already knew what was going to happen. He already had already wrote in Isaiah, when you pass through the fire, you shall not be burned. Oh, come on, somebody. I don't care what your enemy at your job trying to throw you into. They can't get you fired. And if they do get you fired, it don't even matter because God has a better job for you. Oh, you better watch out, somebody. I don't care what booby trap you got on my life. I don't care what booby trap you got me in. You better tell your neighbor. It might be some booby traps at my job. But God is going to use it to elevate me. God is going to use it to take me to another level. He's just building my character. He's just building my strength. <laughs> we can see the satraps, the, 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 the prefects, the, the governors. The, let me just break it down. The haters. <laughs> If you don't know what all them things are, the haters, they saw that it didn't have any effect on their bodies or their clothes. Their, their, their hair wasn't singed. Their trousers weren't damaged. And they didn't even smell like fire. The second result of our commitment is that God would be glorified when we truly committed to him. He will receive praise. God will receive praise in your life. He allows you to go through it because he wants to show people how bad he is. He allowed them to be put in that situation because he knew that they could handle it. And he said, look here, even if he don't show up, we're going to be all right. Come on, somebody. Even if God don't bring me out of this, I'm going to be all right. Oh, come on, Ty Trippett. I wish I could sing. I show sang it to you. We're going to be all right. I'm telling you, you're going to be all right. It doesn't matter what hell comes at you because God has you. See, see the thing about this, you think you're going through it for yourself. You're going through it because God wants to be glorified. You his representative. Come on, somebody. You his reality show. 
He, he don't need any cameras around you because it's going to get out anyhow. Ne Nebuchadnezzar <clears throat> said in 28 and 29, Praise be to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and rescued his servants. They trusted in him and defied the king's command and were willing to give up their lives. He, 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 let me tell you something. He, he, he's, so, he's so starstruck. He started talking about himself in the third person. He, he didn't want to say I. He said the king. He's separating himself from his own decisions because that's how bad God is. You ever seen your enemy that did you wrong and act like ain't nothing happened? I had to go to a meeting and I had to say hey to somebody. Oh, I didn't want to say hey at all. The Lord was testing your pastor to see if he was pastoral on a Wednesday night. He wanted to see, is he anointing only on Sunday or Tuesdays? Or can I test my servant, Willard Maxwell, to walk in this room and say hello? Well, I fucked the test the first time walking by. I surely failed. I had an amazing F minus. And I walked outside the room and the Lord said, Negro, you better say something <clears throat> to him. And I was like, surely, Father, you just. <laughs> surely you do. <laughs> he was like, no, my son, take your little black butt in there and say something to him. That's how God talked to me. I'm a real now. And, and I said, okay. I said, if you really want me to do it, make it where I got to run into him. This joker was standing right where I had to go. I'm like, God, you ain't never answered no prayer that fast. Ever in my whole life. Oh, I was salty. <laughs> ain't never answered nothing that fast. That was crazy. It was like, did I pray this prayer when I was two years old and it just happened and you already come do? I was highly upset. But I said it and it went well. I was like, wow. And I started calling people. I'm going to heaven. I talked to so-and-so. I'm going to heaven. I called people. Hey, I did it. You don't understand what I did. And then God let me run to somebody else because I wasn't giving him glory. I kept saying I was doing it. I ran into this pastor who shook my hand and said, why you ain't gave us no money? You see what we do. You ain't never gave me no money. Why am I supposed to give you money? Don't run up on me like this. And instantly I knew the Lord is trying me because I failed the first test on the back end. Yet I still struggled through this test. I didn't do well. I flunked again. I got to go on and tell you I got an elf. And do you know, dude would try to intimidate me and shake my hand real hard. Nigga, don't you know I go to the weight room every day? Anyway, sorry. I, I know it seems like it ain't got nothing to do with sermon, but it does. Just wait. Walk with me. So then I had to come back and humble myself and say, be kind and, and ask for forgiveness even though it wasn't me. And then I did. I said, man. And then the next time I said, 
man, the Lord gave me strength. Man, the God of my God gave me strength to make it through. And then I felt better. Why? Because I was not stealing God's glory. God got upset because I was calling him by the time I did this. I taught the so-and-so. I did the right thing. No, God gave me the strength to do it. In fact, if God didn't convict me, I never would have done it in the first place. So what am I telling you right now? When you find yourself in a situation that's difficult and you going through all hell, you are going through it because God wants to be glorified. And when you walk out that fiery furnace, don't you come out talking about what you did. You better come out saying it was if it was not for God on my side. I don't know where I would be if it was not for my father that led me out of the who. Yea, do I walk through the valley of the shadow of death? His rod and his staff shall comfort me. Stop talking about you. When I talked about me, he gave me another test and I flopped again. Stop glorifying yourself. Paul said, if I boast, I boast in the Lord about what God has done for me. God did it for you. God bless my real estate company. God bless my church to be able to stand through the midst of COVID and still strive and glow. God blessed it when we were able to get the LED screens and the lights. God did it. I ain't do anything at all. It was my God. My God did it. My God gives me the power to obtain wealth. My God gives you the power to have your job. My God does it all for you. You better stop giving yourself glory and start telling the world what God has done for your life. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they said, God going to save us. But even if he choose not to. See, some theologians to me get too deep with this one. Uh, one of my favorite preachers, to me, he got a little too deep because he said the reason why they said that he, even if he don't, he was saying that even if you don't throw us in the fiery furnace, then we still ain't going to bow. That, that ain't what they said. See, that's, that's when people start asking you about the Bible and you try to get too complicated and you're trying to answer questions that make it seem like they just 100% knew God was coming. You don't 100% know God is going to show up every single day in your life. Come on, somebody. You don't know every time, but you know he was faithful the last time. And you know even if I don't make it out of this one this time, God got something on the other side of glory for me. Even if he don't get me out of this situation this time, even if I get fired, and let go of my job this time God has a better job on the other side you got to understand that I don't care what God do Job said yay do he slay me oh will I trust him all I know is whatever happened is for my good because all things happen for the good of those are called according to his purpose. And when I lose, it's good. When I win, it's good. When I'm sick, it's good. When I'm healed, it's good. When I win, it's good. When I lose, it's good. Because everything I go through is ordained and orchestrated by God. I don't shout the whole sermon, but for that lady that got mad at me for shouting, I just don't want to say, ah! Don't worry. Because <laughs> sometimes you just got to shout because you don't even have the words to explain how good God has been in my life. 
Can I be petty for a minute? I know I'm probably more educated than you. I, I know I'm probably with the most schools than you. But every now and then, Miss Lady on my page, I gotta shout because my words can't express what God has done for me. Hey, my God will make a way out of no way. My God will handle my enemies even when I don't know they're against me. My God! How is the world going to know about the greatness of God without committed Christians? Our problem is the lack of display of the power of God, the miracles of God, and the anointing of God. God is ready to do his part. He's just waiting on us to stand up and not be afraid to be thrown in the furnace. You got to stand up and do what God says do. See, he's looking for people who are totally committed People whose purpose goes beyond their own abilities. If we are willing to die for him, he's willing to deliver us. You serve a God that would do exceedingly abundantly above your abilities. Look at this. A third result of our commitment is that God will bless our lives. Things that will burn other people up won't burn you up. You do know that, right? I know some of y'all were sharecroppers. Some, some of y'all had to sit on the back of the bus. Some of y'all saw strange fruit hanging on the trees, yet you still here. Come on, somebody. Huh? So some of y'all who listened was, was, in, was in torture chambers. Some, some of y'all went through the Holocaust. Some, some of y'all went through stuff. Some, some of y'all went through stuff that other people wouldn't have made it through. And other people besides you, uh, that's not sitting beside you now, but, but some of those people didn't make it through the storm. He'll bless our lives. The soldiers that took them up in the fire didn't survive. They didn't get close to the fire. Do you know that you already a walking, living, breathing miracle? Do you know you beat out millions of other seeds, walk, running, swimming to your mother's womb? Can I keep it 100? You is one in a million already. I know they're saying, one in a million you. That's you. Yeah. You are a one in a million. That's you. That's you. You beat out all them other seeds. You made it to the egg. You are already a one million. See, see, if you just go back and understand how great you are and how God has fearfully and made you, you understand that God, you're fearfully and wonderfully made. <laughs> but we got to be committed the same way we swam to the egg. We got to start swimming toward what God has called us to do in this day and time. We need to make sure we commit it because when we commit it, it's going to come to pass. Tell you, I tell you again, they laughed at your crazy pastor walking around that building in the rain, but we got it. You got to be committed to do stuff that'll make you look foolish just because God said do it. Mm -mm -mm. See, intellectual folk 
Well, some intellectual folk, because I believe I'm highly intellectual sometimes. Maybe not all the time, but I do know a little something, you know. But I believe that a lot of intellectuals, they, they try to overthink and don't understand that it's God that gave you that mind. It's God that gave you that idea. It's God that gave you the power to obtain wealth. And when you begin to acknowledge him more, your bank account, your influence, <laughs> your notoriety would go up because God can trust you that you're going to glorify his name, not yours. See, when you glorify God's name, he's going to glorify your name anyway. Look here. Look how many times we done called Shaq, Rack, Meshach, and Abednego name. I'm so tired of their names. I'm like, man, they ain't say he, she, or nothing. <laughs> and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Why? Because they did something great for God. And God said, I'm going to make sure I magnify your name. I'm only talking about you in one chapter of this book. Even though you, not, you didn't do as many things, but you did something so great that it brought even King Nebuchadnezzar to believe that I'm God. God will put you in rooms and in situations where people have to believe in God just because you are there. Come on, somebody. I was the only priest, the only pastor invited to this event, and they asked me to pray. And I said, you know what? When somebody asked me to pray, if I'm not going to the Senate, if I'm not going there, I'm not going to sit up there and keep saying in his name. I'm going to say in Jesus' name. I paused for a minute. I paused for a minute before I said it because I knew I was going to upset somebody. But I said, you know what? In Jesus' name, because that's where the power is. That's where the power is. And it's amazing how the shift happened. Now, everybody began to start talking about what well, some people don't believe in God and discussion started breaking out and the man that was over the meeting, the second man under the governor, he began to stand up and say, well, I believe in God. Come on, somebody. I was a man. I was arrested before. I've been in the orphanage before, but thanks be to God. Come on, somebody. When you begin to represent God, God has shift rooms. We begin to represent God. God has shift the energy he wants to be glorified now that God has stepped in the room he can heal your land because he said if those people who are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and turn away from their wicked ways then I hear their cry and I shall heal their land it's too many Christians who's scared to say Jesus. It's too many Christians that's scared to say, my Jesus. Hey, say it, say it loud. He's not a prophet. He's not, he's not just any old man. He is the son of God. Every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess that my God is Lord. Bow down, Mr. Governor. Bow down, Mr. President. Bow down, Mr. and Mrs. Judge. Why? Because my God is the God that created you. You got to be able to stand by yourself. Job said, though he slay me, oh, will I still trust him? Samson said, give me strength just one more time and let me die.
myself with the Philistines. David said, you come to me with a sword and spear, but I come to you in the name of the armies of the living God. Those that wait on the Lord will mount up like eagles and renew their strength. Don't be scared to acknowledge God. Don't be scared to let the people know why you here. If it was not for God on my side, oh, where would I be? It was him. It was him that was in the jail cell with me. It was him that walked you through the divorce. It was him that brought you through the bankruptcy. It was him that called you to beat the case. It was him that gave you the job. It was him that still got you walking. Even though you got a lump on your breast, there is a God that is above any God you can name. And his son is Jesus. Hey, hey, his name is above it. His name is above anything you can name. Cancer, is that a name? Say Jesus. Poverty, is that a name? Say Jesus. I don't care about just human needs. I don't care about just human needs. I'm talking about everything gonna bow. Cancer gonna bow. AIDS gonna bow. Infirmities gonna bow. Sickness gonna bow. Disease gonna bow. Confusion gonna bow. Mental health gonna bow. When you really walk with Jesus, he will heal your mind. Jesus, Jesus, whoo, it's something about that name, Jesus, it's something about that name, when I say Jesus, I know I'm going to win, it's something about that name, that when I say Jesus, I know I'm going to be victorious, when I call, let me tell you this, when I first was called, I would have these dreams, and and in the middle of the night, I knew demonic powers was trying to kill me, and I couldn't breathe, and even in my sleep, and sometimes it happened when I'm going from one level to the next, even in my sleep, when I know I couldn't hardly breathe, and I'd be trying to say it, I knew that even when I was asleep, if I can just say, Jesus, I know. The demon got to let me go. When I say Jesus, I know the disease got to let me go. When I say Jesus, I know racism got to let me go. When I say Jesus, I know poverty got to let me go. Why don't we use his name like we should? Why, Why don't we use... His name. I'm going to end with this. 
you, you can't be worthy. You got to have faith. And you can't fear any man like King when he ended his sermon, the last one he preached. Not even the fiery furnace of death. You got to understand that the Lamb of God has already been sacrificed. He's already become every nasty, detestable thing that you will ever do. He's already died in your place so that you may have everlasting life. He already received all the punishment that we should have received. And we received all the glory that he should have received. It's called the the, the great substitution. He substituted himself to make sure that we were okay. And because he did all this, we shouldn't be walking around here acting like grace makes it okay for us to do whatever we want to do. That's cheap grace, Bonhoeffer says. You got to love God so much because he loves you so much. You want to do the best you can. And then that grace gives you the power to live holy because grace gives you the power to do stuff that you can't do. But when you really honor him and walk in grace, you will sin less than you've ever sinned before. And you will become more holy because you understand he didn't die so I could do everything that I want to do and sin. He died so I could be free from the country of sin. death and give me the power to walk in holiness. He gave me this power because when he died on the cross, when he got up he got up with all power in his hands and when he got up with that power he gave that power to you and me in the form of the paraclete in the form of the advocate in the form of the comforter in the form of the helper in the form of the power that gave Jesus the ability to get out the grave and this paraclete this helper this comforter this advocate that I'm talking about right now is the Holy Ghost and that's why greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world the Holy Ghost gives me the power I can do all things not some things not a lot of things not most things not almost all but I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me because the Holy Ghost gives me the power to do everything that Jesus did. In fact, Jesus said, when I go up, you will be able to do greater exploits than me. Walk in that power. No furnace can stop you. No demon can stop you. No gossiper can stop you. No lie can stop you. But let me say this. No truth can stop you either. You'll get that when you go home. Because something we call a lie may not be one. God delivered Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego from the fire, he'll deliver you too. Your enemy can't stop you. 
this crooked system in America can't stop you. Racism can't stop you. Police brutality can't stop you. Gang activity can't stop you. Nothing can separate you from the love of your God. But you got to be able to stand. I know I said stand through because I ain't want to repeat too many words up there, but you got to be able to stand and walk flat-footed with your back straight through the fire. Nobody can stop you. He already told you when you go through the waters, they will not overtake you. When you walk through the fires, you will not be burned. <laughs> if you want to walk in this power I'm talking about, you can't walk in it unless you know Jesus. You can't walk in it unless you have a relationship with Jesus Christ. <laughs>